Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director Mitch Fortner. K State football rebounds from. A tough loss at Oklahoma State to win 38-21 at Texas Tech. And you would thought, you know, you would think Will Howard was going to play in the game, or Avery Johnson was going to play in the game, but playing that much and scoring that many times was more than welcomed in a tough matchup on the road at Texas Tech. K-State gets it done 38-21. Your Wildcats are now 4-2 and with the 2-1 record in Big 12 play. Welcome to Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson with John Grove and A.J. Shaw running our board today. The phone number, of course, is 537-1350. If you want to call in and give us your comment or questions about the Cats. And uh, coming in in uh, hour number two, we'll have, for the first time in a month on, K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor. Well, we'll take a look back at the last weekend of the Big 12 and look at this weekend as well with K-State having TCU into town for a Big 12 championship rematch, which is a 6 o'clock kickoff. And, of course, coverage right here on K-Men starting at 2 o'clock with PowerCat Game Day. Fourth straight game, K-State will play a night contest, first time since 2012 that has taken place. But that'll end uh, a week from Saturday. It's 11 a.m. kick against Houston. But, Wyatt, welcome back to town. Heck of a road trip, wasn't it? First, I wanted to ask about just the environment. I was talking to Curry Sexton about that, and he felt like just Jones a t has just never – you know, you, you hear about it being a tough place, but both times he experienced it, didn't live up to the hype. Well, it is a, it is a hard place to play, but I always have said because of the, the structure itself – Stillwater is harder because they are right on top of you there. I mean, right on top of you. There's maybe 12 feet from the from the sideline to the wall. I mean, it is tight, tight there. Um, and I think the Texas Tech fans in the beginning were pretty excited, right? I mean, they were pretty pumped up. But if you kind of look at, at how the game played out, where K-State – Gets ahead 10 nothing, kind of what we were saying a week ago, right? The Cats were down 10-zip, not in this one. They were up 10 nothing, And I think that kind of took a little steam away. And then when K-State got it rolling there in the second half, well, you look up and it's like, where did everybody go? I mean, once they started to flock out of there, it went in droves. So, yeah, it, can, can it be a hard place? Certainly. Um, 
do they have the same oomph, I'll say, if, whether K-State is there or Texas is there? I don't know how to gauge that necessarily because I've not been there for Tech and Texas or, say, Tech and Baylor or Tech and TCU. But it can be a hard environment, but I would not compare it to, to OSU. Uh, it's just not quite the same from my perspective. Well, believe it or not, this win uh, at Texas Tech, there's clearly one there, There's storyline A, and there's a lot around that that we're definitely going to talk about. I just want to say, just thinking of the game as a whole, it did not go down the way I thought it would. I did pick K-State to win on PowerCat game day. I said 28-27. Was expecting to see a little bit of Will Howard, or I keep saying Will, was expecting to see a little bit of Avery Johnson, played a lot more than I thought because the ground game was just in control for most of the night. But I was thinking as well, you know, Texas Tech had been pretty rough in the passing game, stopping the pass, but they have stuffed up the run a little bit. Yeah, I think about 3.5 yards per carry or something like that going into the contest. So just that whole thing, thinking about that, it was kind of opposite of what it was. I thought it was going to be. But if you look back at last year's game, so these last two games against Texas Tech, K-State ran all over Texas Tech. And not just Avery Johnson, but I thought Sean Ward had a tremendous game. No doubt. But Avery Johnson was the spark. Without him, I'm not sure K-State gets out of Lubbock with a victory. Of course, I can't know that for sure. We don't know that for sure. But he was clearly a big difference. QB power. The kid is gifted. And when you get him on the field, we've seen now, that he is going to give you an amazing opportunity to win just by his athleticism and speed. He's so good. I, I think we all felt after the Oklahoma State game that the chances were better that we would see Avery as opposed to what we were thinking maybe the week before that or the three weeks before that or I get to guess two weeks with the with the off day there. I really thought, honestly, we would see him in Stillwater, but we didn't. I felt a lot more confident that we would see him at least a little bit uh, in Lubbock. And as it turned out, um, we saw him a bunch. As a matter of fact, you know, he did. He put the touchdown drive together there early in the game. And I think people, I don't know that they forget it, but that was a real big thing at the time. And then you get into the third quarter, once K-State started putting it together, and forcing some turnovers and, and really doing a great job with the run game and, and just a, a lot of things on the offensive side, uh, I think you credit the K-State coaches. They, they stuck with the hot hand, and that was Avery. Uh, he w- and he was outstanding. You know, it, it's, he was the first guy to step up and, and say he had a lot of help, and he did. I, I personally thought – that it was the offensive line's best game this year, and it was yes. not close. Not Agreed. close. I'm a, in a total agreement with you, too, that it was Treshawn Ward's night as well as Avery's. Maybe not quite to the same level. I think that, that'd be probably a little bit of a stretch. But Treshawn was good. His first career 100-yard game with the Cats, his third overall. I thought he ran hard inside and out. Um, and, and, and again, for me... Avery's going to always be the story of this game because of the five touchdowns and the numbers and just I mean he's a, he's an electric athlete man, but but you're right I mean K State has let's let's cut to it here and say it K State has owned Texas Tech lately, 
and they drubbed them a year ago in the run game, and they did so again in this game. Casey finished with 272 on the ground, nearly six yards per carry. Ward was over 100 yards, a buck 18, never lost any ground on a single run. Let's put this into perspective, okay? Going into the game, Tech was giving up 123 rushing yards a game, and they had played, among others, Wyoming and Oregon. Both of those teams, aren't. most people don't want to hear how good Wyoming is, and yeah, they lost at Air Force. That's an undefeated Air Force team. That is correct. My point is, though, and you said it a moment ago, a lot of difference between 123 yards on average and getting 272. That's a big difference. Yeah, going back to the game last year, I mean, it was almost split right down the middle between Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez. That's correct. They were so successful in the run game. That's really all K-State had to do during the game. K-State throws a total of 18 passes. They ran it 47 times. Right. Like I said earlier, I would have not predicted that going in. You remember how we always try to talk about balance and all of those kind of things? And more times than not, that is so. But when you have a game like that where you're running at that successfully, it's it's going to be or should be, and most always, almost, almost always is, you're the mathematician, not me, but 47 to 18? That's that's a marked difference. Yeah, doing the quick math, that's 29 more runs than <laughs> than passes. Yeah. But Avery ran it 13 times, Treshawn 15, DJ 12. I mean, that's splitting the load mm-hmm. quite well. And I'm sure the numbers were they, – they were tracking it as the game went on. And, you know, I had the thought maybe they would run Avery a little bit too much. I was hoping they would, even though he's such a hot foot, I guess. Let's put it that way. It's a hot hand, a hot foot. Yeah. Um, uh, because he was just so electric running it that – you just didn't want him to take a big hit and get hurt, and then you got something else to worry about. Maybe you wanted to see the arm a little bit more, and hopefully I don't want to be too greedy just about seeing him really flex and, and show off what he can do. I'm sure we're going to see the, the arm more moving forward. But a big takeaway for me was, yes, Treshawn Ward was the burst case it was needing in the running game. I think Avery was the maturity, where I'm sure Colin Klein is up in the booth blushing because Avery was running the football like Colin was as a senior, where Avery has the patience, he has the timing, and he has the burst. Which, if you ask Brian Anderson, who's the running backs coach at K-State, that's one of the toughest things to teach a young kid. There's no doubt. This is a young man who's played pretty high-level football in his life. Uh, I mean, at the high school level, I'm saying. Lots of big games. uh, Lots of pressure on him. He handles it differently and better than most at, at at this stage of his career. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And yet, uh, again, I'm going to be repetitive here, but but the things he said after the game, and I know we're going to have some of that in a little bit here, but um, you can tell that he was very appreciative of some of those blocks. On the 30-yard touchdown run, he got a couple of good blocks, including one from Hayden Gillum. On the uh, one run down near the goal line, Ben Sennett blocked not one but two guys. Uh, so, yeah, there there were a lot of good things that happened on, on the offensive side on Saturday night in Lubbock. Uh, he happened to be the lead. Let's put it this way. He was the conductor of the of the band. How's that? That work? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good effort. I, I do want to touch on the defense as well before we get to our first break. And a lot of things to talk about the defense, of course. And I, I hope we can get to most of them here. I'll just give some quick thoughts here real quick. 
there was things, of course, I liked, uh, things I didn't like, but also keep in mind that I was a, I took away, you know, Taj Brooks is a hell of a running back, no and doubt. he is a hard tackle. You can't tackle him one on one. If you go high or you go low, he's going to most likely run through that. Austin Moore is a hell of a tackler, strong kid. And even though I think he may have been K State's leading tackler in the game, I have to go back and look at the numbers here. Maybe not quite. Yes, he was. He had eight. Yeah. And he would probably say that wasn't his best night. Well, you said a lot there about Taj. And, and let's remind everybody, if they don't know, that he's 5'10 and 235 going into the game, was averaging six yards per carry. I believe he averaged about four yards a carry against K-State. Uh, so he had the one run of I – should, I should probably do the math. The 30-yard run mm-hmm. definitely boosted the numbers because he actually finished with 5.8. But if you take okay. away the one run, which, by the way, he only ran it 17 times. That's right. I bet Tech fans – They got were, away from him in the second half. Exactly. Some, and I think their fans were frustrated by that. I'm not a – real big follower of social media on, on you know complaining and things like that but 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 I, I do think because of the circumstances uh, right wrong or indifferent uh, with the quarterback change it, it, it is a situation where I think they got away from him a little bit and maybe they who knows whether they regret it or not but but I think they did he he is tough but again trying to get back to your point k-state I thought, with one, maybe two exceptions, one big exception probably, they did about as well against him as most, if not all. They did a nice job with him. If you take away Taj Brooks' 30-yard run, he finishes with 4.2 yards per carry. But go. again, 17 carry. Here, here's a note for you that after Texas Tech took the lead, how many times would you say he ran the ball after they took the lead? I'm going to say four. Three. Three? Three times. I was surprised as any. Yeah. That they stopped going to him. And they got Valdez worked in there a little bit. He's a good running back as well, but he's not Taj Brooks. No. Uh, but that that was a big difference in the game. Baron Morton does not come back in for the second half. And maybe you do credit K-State for that because they hit him Ooh. quite a few times and they, pressure was coming. He was not comfortable a lot of the night. Well, I'm under the impression that he had done a really good job of playing a little bit banged up since the opener when Tyler Shuck went down. Hurt his shoulder. Yes. And you could see it uh, even watching the television replays that he he was grimacing in pain and toughed it out and all of those kind of things. And I I think you're accurate in that he played decently well in the first half and and (laughs) – Then he got beat around a little bit and just, I don't think, could go in the second half, so they had to turn to the freshman. And they went when they went to him, they used him. And fortunately for K-State, that's, you know, he made some plays, but he also made some mistakes as freshmen do. Yeah, and they had him throw it probably too much. He threw it 28 times yeah, that's a uh, lot. in the second half for a buck 73. And maybe, maybe he is a really talented passer, but there was also just trying to do too much. And I, K-State played 10 quarters on the road without forcing a turnover. I was like, we just need to get one. We need to get that <laughs> ball rolling. And they end up with three interceptions. The first one was by VJ Payne, and then he had two in a row from Kobe Savage, which he said after the game, listen, I'm not a center fielder. I didn't play baseball. And he jumped, dropped maybe the easiest one of the night and, made, and then made two other great plays as well. But I got to play this audio from Kobe Savage. He made a comment on VJ Payne's interception, which was one-handed. Yeah, uh, I, I got a good crack out of this. 
VJ cannot catch. I'm going to tell you all this. VJ, <laughs> VJ cannot catch. But uh, when VJ caught that one-handed pick, you could see the whole sideline clear because we are just happy for our brother. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it's very contagious. Everybody started getting, getting touches on the ball. Funny comment, but I he said the word contagious. And uh, I, I feel like, or I hope, let's put the hope word in there, that that contagious track for the football and going to get more interceptions and more turnovers now trickles over into these next couple of home games. And now this becomes more of a consistent thing because, I mean, the first interception was an absolute game changer because K-State retakes the lead, they get some momentum back, but you're thinking, all right, does Tech drive down the field and get another long drive put together? And now we have a back-and-forth game. VJ Payne's interception was a monster takeaway and K-State scores on the next play, and then it's, it's pretty much all cats for the rest of the night. Well, they outscored him from that point 21 nothing. I mean, that, that says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think you like a lot of things about this game. You know, Avery, we talked about that. Offensive line, the blocking, Treshawn Ward. Defensively, I think they did beat up Baron Morton quite a bit most of the night. I think most of the night they did a good job on Taj Brooks. I really think, too, to be honest, <laughs> you know, that they did a pretty good job on their pass game with maybe the exception of Coy Aiken. Now, a couple of those were late in the game after, you know, K-State was pretty much in control. But I, I do think we saw some improvement um, in that in that secondary play. And it was it's such a big thing, too. Can't understate this in any way, shape or form, I don't think. It is a major difference when Jacob Parrish is available and in the game for K-State. And you could see it from the get-go the other night. K-State's leading receiver in the game was Ben Sinnott. Uh, six receptions for 72 yards. Second time this season that Ben Sinnott has been the leading receiver. The other time was against uh, the Mizzou Tigers. We still got a lot to talk about here on the show about this win in Lubbock, including we got the notes for the game this Saturday, and it has a or on the depth chart between Will Howard and Avery Johnson. Maybe that's more for TCU. I don't think we'll get a whole lot of answers on Tuesday or tomorrow's press conference. What we'll, of course, discuss in hour number two, that or on the depth chart between Will Howard and Avery Johnson. And also still to come in hour two, we're going to hear from Case and Athletics Director Gene Taylor. But when we come back, we hear from the man of the hour on Saturday, Avery Johnson, who spoke to the media. We'll hear some of that when we come back on Wildcat Insider. Well, just this second game of true college football, not garbage time or anything, Avery Johnson ties a K-State record for rushing touchdowns in a single game by an individual with five. Avery Johnson, number five with five rushing touchdowns. If you don't know the history, that ties Colin Klein in the two or the four-overtime A&M game in 11, which K-State won. Thanks to a rushing touchdown in the end of the game by old Colin Klein. And then you got to go back to the Jonathan Beasley days against, and I don't remember anything about this game, was against North Texas in 2000 where Beasley scored five times on the ground. And Avery does it in his second game. I mean, yeah, in his first Big 12 game yeah. uh, and on the road um, in that environment. And, and it, I, I got a kick out of Coach Kleiman because I don't think he knew anything about the record uh, that 
was the five touchdown mark. And he kind of snickered and asked if Colin was a freshman when he did it. Yeah. And of course, yeah. we all know that that he was not. Nope, he was a junior. <laughs> yeah, and 2011, Colin Klein as a junior was a pretty good year. Yeah, it was. 12 it, as a senior was even better. But uh, yeah, he was not a freshman, and that's that's part of the remarkable part of this too. But you know, the reality of it is whether it's whether you're talking about Avery Johnson, whether you're talking about. The, the Hoover kid at TCU, we're seeing more and more freshmen be impactful earlier now than ever before because of the coaching they're getting at the high school level and camps and seven-on-seven work and all of those kind of things. It, you would not have probably seen anything quite like this, say, even back into the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, but you're seeing it now. Well, as you can imagine, after the game next to the uh... – the semi that brought all the equipment down to Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> the K-State media had a chance to talk with uh, Avery Johnson after the game. Here's a part of that interview with the K-State media with K-State quarterback Avery Johnson. Did you know coming in you were going to play that much today? No, I knew I was going to play a little bit, but I didn't. I, they had no idea how much I was actually going to play, so that was all really a surprise to me. Okay, so that was the most touchdowns by K-State freshman ever. Tied Colin for the most rushing touchdowns ever in a game. When you hear that, what's your reaction? Really, it's just everybody here believing in me. Um, I chose K-State you know, a while back, and uh, it was really just because of the connections and the, the family that we have here. So um, just being able to go out and, and play for my brothers and be able to perform that highly, I mean, it's, it's a great feeling. Do you have a favorite touchdown from tonight? The one... When we were going down to the end, uh, the far end zone, and Ben Sennett kind of puts the puts the first guy on his butt, and then gets up there and then blocks another guy, and then I'm just pretty much walking in because that's incredible what he did right there. So that's probably the one that sticks out the most to me. Avery, what did you do coming in to get ready for this so that you could handle these moments as a true freshman? Really, it's just um, before I even got to college, it's just my dad. I mean, he's always let me know it. Uh, that always have the most confidence in the world and whatever situation I'm put in um, I'm blessed and highly favored by God to be able to just go out and do what I really feel like he put me on this earth to do so um, just a lot of confidence in myself and when you have a great group of people around you like I'm not just talking about you know the Will Howards and Coach Klein and Coach Kleiman and like the people that you know the whole world sees I'm talking about like everybody in this program believing in me and being confident in me it just makes my job easy I just go out there and, and if I just do my job I know the guy to my right and the guy to my left is going to do their job as well so at the end of the day it's just playing football that's what I've been doing the last run were you tempted to go to go for the touchdown or oh, I know I mean, coach of course. Said, go down. <laughs> it was first down go down and I had you know broke and I, I mean if I would have kept running I probably could have just walked in the end zone but it's really not about that. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Chiefs fan. I don't know if you saw in the Super Bowl, like, Jarek McKinnon, he slides down at the one-yard line, and that's the reason of the game. I don't know if me scoring a touchdown is the difference in this game or, or not, but at the end of the day, the coaches told me his first down go down, and um, it's, it's do what the coaches say. So, I mean, I just, I just wanted to, to get off the field with that W. It looked, like Will, it looked like Will was giving you a lot of support on the sideline during the game. What was he telling you? Really, like, if you really get a chance to know Will, he's a, he's a great person. He's not only a great quarterback and, and a great leader, he's really a great person. And I noticed that um, when I first got here. Like, credit to him. He taught me everything I know. He taught me the ins and outs of the offense, um, helped me read coverages. I mean, when you come from playing Kansas high school football, you don't really see a lot of these different coverages. So just him being open, I mean, me asking how he preps for each week and kind of just – 
um, getting into his back hip and just watch watch how he works and watch what he does uh, week in and week, week out. He's been a really great role model to me. So um, coming off the sideline, like he's told me, he told me a million times tonight how proud of um, of me he was and just you know whenever you you score a touchdown you come to the sideline like he's grinning he's giving me high fives hugging me like he's the type of person he doesn't care how it's going to get done like tonight tonight was my night but at the end of the day like he he cares more about this team than anybody and he just wants us to come out with the win so when you get a, a great guy in the locker room like that that everybody wants to follow like I'll, I'll put my life on the line for that guy once again, after the game, that was Avery Johnson, K-State quarterback with the media. And, of course, there's a bunch of takeaways from that. But you know that last comment talking about Will Howard and Will's support for Avery is pretty big. And I don't know if you or Stan had a – you know we're keeping an eye on that. But it was well covered on the broadcast on FS1 that every time Avery was coming off the field, there's Will Howard to talk to him, congratulate him, say, I'm proud of you, walk over to the sideline and continue to talk and you know about whatever. Um you know, I mean, if I'm Will Howard, maybe my feelings are hurt slightly. Maybe you feel like you're losing your star power or support. And let me just tell you right now, Will Howard, no, you haven't lost support from anybody. No. You're, you're still a hell of a player, and K-State's still going to need you through the rest of this season. Now there's just an option with Avery Johnson and athleticism that the offense, it just needs. It really does. Well, you said a lot there, and I think what I would say is, is if you listen to all of those comments from Avery, it's pretty obvious that he's a special young man. But I think what he laid out there was, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys now after this performance uh, had he not helped, he being Will Howard, helped me so much, dating all the way back to when? January. Okay? They spent all winter conditioning, then you get into spring ball, summer, camp, season. That's quite a bit of time where he is learning and soaking in so many different things. And he laid a lot of it out there, you know, with you know, learning the, the offense to understanding coverages and what happens and all of that. And you heard, you know, even in the camp, the the coaches tell the media how quickly Avery picked things up on, on some level Will Howard is a piece of that and I think he just proved that by his his words so I I would tell you <laughs> regardless of where you're at in this quarterback thing okay uh, I'm like you I, I think they need both guys I think they will continue to use both guys and we'll see how it goes going forward but I just know this Avery's a pretty darn good talent, and uh, we've seen him handle things pretty well so far, and I think we're going to see more of him, and you hope that that, uh, you know, that is okay with everybody. I think Will, I'm like you, Will has to be maybe a little down about, and and down might not even be the the right words there, but, you know, you you don't ever want to lose your job, and yet... He was there to to help every time he came to the sideline. And, yeah, we were watching it, you know. Um, I just think that's that's a great way to – I mean, I, and I, I'm just going to be honest with this too. I think a lot of that comes from the quarterback room. And guess who's in charge of that quarterback room? Colin Klein. Yep. Avery played the last five drives of the game. Will had, let me count these up here. Will had five drives. Avery had seven. And I'm also including they each shared a drive. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that was in the second quarter. That was K-State's last touchdown of the second quarter where they actually, you know, they worked together in a way to go get a score. So I'm with you. This is not the end of Will Howard. This is, I mean, Will Howard still has a lot of playing time ahead of him. It just, you know, the, the question is who starts Saturday. I think that's, you know, obviously a question in the air because we got the or on the depth chart. Sure. We don't know who it's going to be. I do lean Will Howard, of course. Um, I mean, heck, he had two pretty big games last year against TCU. If anybody's a TCU killer, it's Will Howard. <laughs> uh, but, um, no, but that's you know more to come on Tuesday. I'm interested to see where that uh, press conference goes, and not just that with Kleiman, who shows up to the press conference. Do we get both quarterbacks? Sure. Does one just show up? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Will shows up at every press conference. Um, so... I don't know. Maybe maybe Avery has class and he can't get there. I don't know, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, we'll we'll take a break and when we come back, let's get to K State basketball because uh, well, a lot of news coming out last week, including Big Twelve preseason poll. We have uh, the uh, Big Twelve preseason team. I mean, we're getting close. We're what three weeks away. Media day is on Wednesday and Tuesday for the women. We got K State hoops talk coming up next on Wildcat Insider. We are back on Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. Let's talk briefly some basketball. Of course, we're getting close to the season. It's, what, three weeks from today. Uh, K-State men will be opening up in Vegas against USC. Uh, But we learned a few days ago, four and three days ago, uh, preseason team and preseason poll. So here's the old info here. Uh, Arthur Kaluma and Tyler Perry, who are basically taking over for Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. Honorable mention selections, and then your preseason poll, K-State picked to finish sixth. I think on the show last week I predicted fourth or four or five. Six is fine, not a big deal. It's a preseason poll. Uh, Where my feelings were hurt a little bit uh, was that Naquan Tomlin did not make honorable mention. My thought was like, well, you know, this kid's kind of an NBA talent. Uh, maybe was probably closer than we all thought of maybe staying in the NBA draft process and just going forward with a professional career. I think we should be extremely fortunate, should feel extremely fortunate and lucky that Naquan Tomlin is returning uh, for another year. But Kaluma and Perry, first Cats named to the preseason All-Big 12 since Barry Brown and Dean Wade. Yeah, good company. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are pretty good. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting subject with um, – those guys being honorable mention and Naquan not, because I think all of the people that cover uh, major college basketball, including the Big 12, you know, they know when you say Tyler Perry, they know who he is. Mm-hmm. When you say Arthur Kaluma, they know who he is. It makes sense that those guys are honorable mention selections. But I think it shows you that the balance that K State has the opportunity to have when Naquan Tomlin is not on that list and he had such a good workout that there were a couple of teams that wanted him to stay in the NBA process. You know, this is a, I, for me, this is really going to be an exciting team to watch because of their athleticism, their ability to shoot the ball. They have pieces that can play multiple positions. Um, does that sound a little bit like what we were saying last year? <laughs> Probably to a degree. Yeah. 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 Because I think if you go back and you look at Ty Key and you look at, you know, Desi Sills and guys that had played quite a bit of basketball, um, I don't think that's a whole lot different here. And I mean, we haven't even mentioned David Gasson. 
We haven't mentioned Cam Carter. We haven't mentioned any of those uh, freshmen like Day-Day Ames or R.J. Jones. <laughs> those guys are going to probably have their, their piece of the pie as well. So I, I do think that at the end of the day, um, about fifth or sixth was what I was thinking that where they would be uh, in, the, in the poll. But you're right, it doesn't matter. But I understand kind of where they're at because most people are going to, to vote. And, I mean, this is a no-brainer statement, and I get it, but excuse me for just saying this, but I think you either vote on the poll on who's, who you have back or the impactful newcomers you have. Occasionally, you'll get a, a little combination of both. I think they missed a little bit there with, with K-State, with, with Naquan. I'm just being honest about that. And I love bolts and board material. Sure. Like, like I said, I was a little bit feelings hurt, but not completely. <laughs> I was able to get over it rather quickly. I love a good bolts and board material, and I also like a uh, maybe undervalued preseason poll spot. Sure. Six, perfectly fine with that. I yeah. totally believe they're better than that. But also keep in mind, the Big 12 is incredibly stacked with these newcomers, and especially Houston. And by the way, on the All-Big 12 preseason team, I'll give you the, the, the five guys. Hunter Dickinson of Kansas, Dewan Harris of Kansas, L.J. Cryer, who's no longer at Baylor, he's now at Houston, Emmanuel Miller of TCU, and Max Asmus of Texas. And I don't have any problems with any of those guys. And if you look at the honorable mentions, it's a bunch of transfers and, and some newcomers as well, but I believe it's actually more transfers than anybody. Uh, and Baylor getting a spot better than K-State. They got Jacoby Walter, who's one of the best recruits in the country. Correct. So They'll be way good. Yeah. Here, here's what I would tell you. If you paid it, forget the AP poll. Okay? Cats, by the way, get 13 votes in yeah. their – that's 35th. But, but in the coaches poll, you got Kansas, 1, Houston, 6, Baylor, 17, Texas, 18, TCU, Kansas State, Iowa State get votes. That's half the league in basically the top eh, 33 or 34, 35 teams. That shows you that the league is going to be really good. And probably undervaluing West Virginia. Yes, they're going through a, a coaching change, but they retain the transfers, and they're going to still have a pretty great roster with Josh Eilert now just taking the reins after being at West Virginia forever. I mean, he's Bob Huggins Jr. in a way. <laughs> yeah, they'll be good because they're going to be more talented, and I, I think Josh will do a nice job with them. He's, he's probably the first to say, I don't have Bob Huggins' experience yeah. or, or many, many other things, but I think he knows enough basketball. He'll, he'll survive it, and I think he'll do fine. But I, I do want to say that I think – in all the years that I've covered the league, I don't know if we have seen a se- going into a new season where I have seen so many impactful transfers and high, high, high level high school freshmen. Yeah. To in combination, I mean, everybody has somebody or two. Everyone. Maybe UCF is the exception to that rule. Oh, UCF's going to be terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they are. They're just Well, they won't be terrible forever, but they don't think they'll be real good this year. I mean, it's why 15 of their 18 <laughs> games in conference probably going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, are you going to go to Kansas City for media days? I can't because of my interview schedules. Yeah, but, I can't either. And, and you know what? That's the one thing I would wish could change because, I mean, it's been a, several years since I've been able to go just because of the impact of football. But, uh, I mean, I'll follow it a little bit. You know, through the television. I mean, a lot of that stuff's on ESPNU, um, so yeah. I'll follow it as best I can, and rec- it'll. I'll certainly record it all. So, 
I'll be watching, just probably a little more, more far than I would like to. Well, let's take our uh, last break of the hour. When we come back, look back at last weekend in the Big 12. And, man, did we have a doozy for a Thursday nighter when we come back on Wildcat Insider. All right, we finish up our one of Wildcat Insider with Hulk Hogan's theme and um, talking Big 12 in Week 7. we got to start Thursday night because I was uh, doing Powercat Game Day stuff with the TV, actually, where I'm sitting right now, and got the TV over to our left that has the ALCS on right now. And uh, West Virginia scores to go up 39-35 with 12 seconds to go. Game over. I was about to shut it off, and then I kind of forgot about it. And then I look up, and Houston is going nuts. I'm like, what just happened? I missed it. Donovan Smith throws a 49-yard Hail Mary to win it at the buzzer. In- incredible win for your first W in conference play ever in Big 12 play. And it doesn't happen unless West Virginia gives them the break of a lifetime with a dumb play in celebration and they get a decent return, then the throw to midfield, and then the 49-yard touchdown pass. There's no chance otherwise. Un- Zero. Just unbelievable yeah. win. And Thursday night games this year for college football have just been like – Nothing you really care about watching. This Fi- was the exception of the rule. Yeah, finally we got a good one. We got a Power 5 game, and West Virginia had been doing really well so far at 4-1. and one. Houston had been struggling at 2-3. and three. And Houston, and by the way, Dana Holgerson beats his old team. That's a little, I guess, icing on the cake there. Uh, the other game that, uh, well, we go to Saturday. I say other game. There, was another, there were two playing at the same time. First, we'll go to uh, Stillwater. Oklahoma State beats Kansas, and what was a really good game, back and forth game, especially like from the first to third quarters. Thirty nine, thirty two, the final. Oklahoma State wins thanks to a fourth quarter where they outscore the Hawks twelve nothing. Well, I'll tell you what. I think a lot of people were wrong in this game, meaning it from this perspective. A lot of people said Kansas will win if the game is in the thirties. Wrong. They lost the game despite – think about this now, okay? You ready? Jason Bean threw for 410 yards and five touchdowns, and KU still lost. Still lost. Oklahoma yeah. State is, as we talked about last week, better than everybody thought, and they're still continuing to improve. Bowman threw for 336 yards and two touchdowns, and they also rushed for 226 yards against Kansas. And KU had, a what, 399 rushing yards the week before? Had 90 in this game. 90! Yeah, KU gave up 39. I thought they still played a little bit better on defense than I was expecting. But sorry, Jason Bean, only one quarterback on Saturday could put up five touchdowns and win. That was going to be Avery Johnson. <laughs> uh, we got a minute or two left. How about, um, boy, I, I would not have thought this would happen. TCU just obliterates BYU at home 44-11 to with a backup quarterback who's going to play against K-State on Saturday and Josh Hoover. 37 of 58, two picks, 439 yards, and four touchdowns in his first career start. That is a pretty good day, and he does have a very, very fine arm. Really a big-time win for TCU. Garrett Green threw for 391, Jason Bean for 410, and they both lost. But he owns, he earns Big 12 Offensive Co-Player of the Week, Josh Huber, 439 yards. And, of course, the other game, Iowa State loses to Cincy 30-10. 
Well, we take our first break. We hit the uh, bottom of the, or the top of the hour, I should say, here on Wildcat Insider. When we come back, we're going to hear from Case Athletics Director Gene Taylor at about 525. Will Howard or Avery Johnson will be the starter on Saturday, plus a TCU preview and Big 12 Week 8 to co- close the show. Don't go anywhere. Hour 2 of Wildcat Insider is coming up next.